Welcome to Witch Witch, a podcast where four idiots take you on a journey through the paranormal and occult. Welcome to the darkness. I'm Lyra. And I'm Galena. Today we're going to give you a brief overview of some prep before doing spell work. Uh, Galena is going to give us a broad... Uh, a broad walkthrough through Wicca and some of its history. And at the end we're going to tell you another ghost story. And it's a spooky one. Today, two out of four idiots again. The other two, unfortunately, did have some scheduling problems problems <laughs> excuse me i'm a little nervous um well we are we're recording in a different space it's a little echoey and there's some background sounds so if you hear like um busy noises or fan noises or even beeping maybe there's a dryer going on in the background unfortunately uh, we do apologize this is just sort of how it had to happen today we're also on a leather couch so be prepared for some squeaking so just wait for this noise asmr <laughs> Yes, let's just do an ASMR. Just... It's all for you. It's all for you. Anyways, so today, as I said, it's only the two of us. Um, the other two... Which we've never introduced. The other two members of Witch Witch are Nettle and Sage. Uh, they are very close friends of ours. Um, they, I would actually say they're a little newer to all of this than we are. Just mm-hmm. because I have more of a background in it because of you, because you're interested in it when we were younger. Um, Galena is older than me by a couple of years. I'll be non-specific as to how many. Um, and I think, uh, given the, the sound of our voice when we listened back to our original recording, I think that might be surprising because your voice is actually higher pitched than mine. Stop it, Olive. That was, Sorry. That was spooky. We also have several cats in the house. You know, witch stuff. Um, and she opened the door. So it got really creepy and creaked. She also shoved a... Oh, she's chasing a maw. It's a beetle. Is it a beetle? Yeah. Okay. This is riveting. Let <laughs> <laughs> play by just play. jabber at you for an hour. Um, we are going to try an hour today. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> um, but we're going to try out our structure. You know, I guess this is more of the boring episode than last episode where we kind of tell you who we are and set up the episode structure. Um, but I'm going to turn it back over to Lyra, and she is going to go through some some spell prep or ritual prep. Well, first, I'd actually like to go ahead and say we have started doing our daily tarot drawings on our Twitter, Insta, and Tumblr, all of which are Witch Witch Podcast, except for Twitter, which is Witch Witch Pod. Um... And you can follow us on all three of those platforms, obviously. Um, we also don't know... We, we, we're, we're not sure of how the scheduling and producing of the, the show is going to go right now. We're aiming for two episodes a month, um, which doesn't sound difficult. But listen, when you're trying to organize four people, it but is. Four very different schedules. Extremely different schedules. Uh so we're we're sort of playing around with it. We'll have a more regular um, publishing date in the future. And also remember that each of the platforms we publish to seem to pl- uh, publish at different times. So we'll keep you updated. We'll let you know when we know more ourselves. We're very new to the, all the podcasting stuff. And hopefully with each episode, it'll sound a little better. Yeah, we're hoping on working on that. <laughs> so just stick with us, um, you know, if you if you like. You're not, you're not required to, but we sure would like to keep you around. We're very insecure. Please tell us how much you like us. Please, validate us. <clears throat> Alright, time for a brief overview of 
preparing for spell work. Um, I have three main parts that I want to focus on and then some sort of uh, disjointed notes that I'm going to include. Um, first, I want to talk about grounding. Um, I think it's pretty important to discuss grounding because uh, when you're learning through online communities or private blogs, sometimes they don't include grounding, and I don't know if it's because they are working from the assumption that most people know about grounding, or if they just don't do it themselves. Um, but uh, there are a couple different ways that you can ground yourself for spell work. Um, the one that we use quite often, and I think is probably our most preferred uh, form of grounding, is the roots. Uh, system system visualization <laughs> yeah visualization I was just thinking root systems you know what I mean um, and it's literally just visualizing roots coming from your feet or any part of you touching the ground um, and digging into the earth itself uh, grounding you the way roots ground trees um, and I also personally like to use it as a way to draw power around me if I find the need for it um, similar to way trees draw power from the ground around it, you know. Um, the uh, Another version of grounding is uh, wrapping yourself in thread. Um, usually it's silk, it can be cotton, or whatever you're most comfortable with. Like, you know, if, if you know, thinking about silk thread, you're like, that sounds terrible. Don't envision that. Envision something you like. It's like, all I can think about are the weird silkworms crawling all over me. Oh, I love silkworms. They're so gross. They're adorable. No. Anyway. They're horrific kaiju just in the making. What? <laughs> I said they're horrific kaiju in the making. I still have not seen Pacific Rim all the way through, by the way. <laughs> anyway, uh, tangent. Um, but you envision wrapping yourself uh, head to foot, foot to head, however is easiest for you. A lot of people start at the feet. Um, in thread, it grounds you in your body and uh, makes sure that you're aware of the space around you. Um, it's also a form of protection against psychic attacks, things like that. Uh, the next one is also both grounding and protection. It is the bubble. Uh, you just imagine a bubble starting from the inside of your chest and expanding outward, uh, encompassing yourself or what you're working with, um, like your working space, anything you want to protect or include in your ritual or spell work. Uh, it's very useful. Uh, I used to use that a lot as a child um, to sort of ward off uh, spirits and malintent, I suppose. Um, I had a lot of night troubles as a child, like sleeping. Like, I, I was always scared. So the bubble really helped me with that. Um, another important part of spell working is casting a circle. Not not everybody casts a circle. This is just for people that do. Um, the classic circle to cast is salt um, and if you want to work with salt uh, keep in mind a few things if you're working outside casting a circle in salt will kill the ground uh, you're working on um, and it's also really hard on hardwood floors um, so don't don't use it there either maybe uh, if you really want to use salt and you're worried about the effect it might have on uh, your sur the surface you're working on just put a blanket down, and then when you're done, uh, fold up the blanket until you can safely dispose of the salt. Um, another safe, eco-friendly sort of way to cast a circle is, are natural things found in the of our environment around you, such as leaves, twigs, 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 not tiny candy bars, twigs. I want a circle made of twigs. I do too. Uh, or rocks. 
Um, and you can use uh, regular rocks that you're finding, you know, around you, or you can use specific stones, like the semi-precious stones um, that people use so often in witchcraft. Um, and if you're using uh, specific stones, you can use them to help set your intent or to garner more power, to help ground you better, um, to increase spiritual work, you know. Um, obsidian is good for both grounding and spiritual work. Um, carnelian is good for increasing power, and quartz is a very good all-purpose uh, stone. Um, candles and incense are another great way to set your circle. They're very atmospheric. Um, I've said this before, and I will say this a million times again, white candles can be used for basically anything. Um, and uh, some very good all-purpose incense would be sandalwood, um, what were the others? We said patchouli frankincense. and frankincense. Very good all-purpose incense. Uh, another part of spellcasting is setting your intent. Um, it's very important to set your intent. Uh, it keeps you in the moment, and it keeps you in a mental space where you're prepared to do spell work and uh, sort of reach out in that way. Um, so good ways to set your intent are meditating. Um, it's great. It just centers you very well. Uh, you can meditate on your intent um, or uh, whatever the purpose or outcome of your spell work is. Um, you can take a bath. Uh, a lot of ritual cleansing, um, or there's, there is a lot of forms of ritual cleansing out there for spell work. Um, you can drink tea, and it can be tea sp uh, specified for your uh, intent or what you're you're looking to accomplish, um, or it can just be regular tea. Uh, I'd say black tea or green tea are pretty good for just about anything you want to do. Um, and taking a nap actually is a great way to set intent, or at least to prepare yourself, um, because it just sort of refreshes you and it sort of cleanses the psychic palate, I suppose, the magical palate. That's <laughs> That sounds crazy. Um, and here we have reached some of my disjointed notes. Uh, so if it already sounded like rambling, you're in for a treat. Um, do your research. Always do your research, especially if you're working with oils or um, herbs, things like that. Uh, there's a lot of different herbs and plants out there that are popular to work with that will interact with your medications that you may be allergic to. If you're allergic to, like... Um, fennel. You're also probably allergic to things like anise and um, some other similar plants. Um, I know I already mentioned the medication, but it can change the way your me your medication works. It can reduce how well your medication works. And you should always be aware of the allergies of anyone around you and definitely yourself. Like if you're going to be doing a lot of outdoor work or a lot of herb work, if it's something you can manage to do, maybe have an allergy test done before you really get into it. Uh, oh, and also on oils, doing your research, a lot of companies um, don't stick to the purity levels they claim they do. A lot of them slip stuff in because um, essential oils is basically just unmonitored. <laughs> there's not, there's not, there's a, not lot a lot of, of regulation. Yeah, um, they can basically do whatever they want. Um, if you need a sort of filler item... Um, Moon water or otherwise blessed water, quartz and white candles, absolutely 
will substitute for just about anything. Um, there, oh, and rosemary. Rosemary is a good herb to substitute for other herbs. Rosemary does a lot. It's pretty far-reaching. Um, and you can basically use it for whatever you need. If you are lacking a specific item and you absolutely need it, you can draw it. Um, you can carve it into your candles. You could, I suppose, mold it. That seems like quite a bit of work. Um, and the great thing about drawing a uh, item is that if your uh, ritual or spell work involves any sort of fire, you can burn it. It's highly symbolic. Um, I really like burning spells, personally. Um, be mindful of your surroundings. Uh, know what native plant life and wildlife there is. Uh, be aware of other people in the area if you're using a public space. And um, if, like, there's a lot of dead leaves on the ground and you're doing a candle circle for the atmosphere, just maybe don't do that or rake beforehand or put down a blanket. I, I really cannot... <laughs> overstate how useful a blanket is in casting a circle. Um, also, if you are working on ground, it keeps your knees clean if you're kneeling, which we are always, for some reason, kneeling in our spell work. <laughs> uh, proper cleansing can really set the mood. Um, it, it cleanses you, body and soul, for what you're doing, if that's you know how you believe it works. Of course, everybody's uh, open to interpretation on ritualistic cleaning and stuff like that. Um, but it, it definitely helps you get into a mindset. It helps you center on your intent. Um, you can bathe with um, stones, candles, herbs, uh, salts, things that are specific to what you're doing, or just things that make you feel nice. If you are doing spirit work, uh, please remember to set your boundaries with those spirits you're working with um, and remember to close or end your spell work because it's just a terrible idea to leave yourself open to the spirit world. Um, a lot of that intent can come through. Um, and if weird stuff starts to happen to you, if you're hearing sounds, you're seeing movement, you're feeling things, um, don't panic. Keep a level head as best you can because uh, negative energy attracts negative energy um and remember you're safe in your circle that's why you drew up the power as a protection absolutely and that's also part of grounding um it just it's not it's probably not going to be able to hurt you so don't panic um after you do spell work make sure to take care of yourself drink orange juice drink apple juice drink um some nice sweet tea uh hot or chilled whatever your preference may be um if you're feeling drained definitely eat something um sweets and fruit help a lot if you have issues with sugar um honey it registers lower on the glycemic index and it's a wonderful uh replacement for sugar because it also contains electrolytes um but also if you can't have anything like that at all. Agave nectar is a wonderful rep, uh, replacement. Uh, we use it for my husband in a lot of things because he's diabetic. Um, and uh, if you are feeling very drained, you've already eaten, you've already had something nice to drink, just make sure you're relaxing. Um, maybe take a energizing bath using citrus smells, mint, um, eucalyptus, uh, rosemary, mint is what we were talking about before, mm. right? Yes. 
I absolutely love this one body wash that I have that has rosemary mint and it always feel very refreshed and energized after I use it. And um, if you want to definitely meditate, reground yourself. Um, grounding can help get rid of excess energy if you're feeling any buzzing in your fingertips or anything like that. Um, and if you're feeling up to it, do yoga. It just helps recenter you. Um, a couple more notes here. Uh, everyone has definitely at one time or another forgotten to bless or otherwise cleanse their tools or materials beforehand. Uh, you can use fire, um, incense, incense, um, incense, I guess is what I was going to say. Um, blessed or moon water or any other type of water you like. Um, you can rub quartz all over it. Uh, you can pray to a deity or spirit that you believe in. Um, to bless or cleanse what you're using. Um, there are a lot of ways to cleanse things last minute. Uh, and if you haven't had time to set your intent or like emotionally prepare yourself or mentally prepare yourself, uh, you can try to meditate or ground or just focus on what you're doing. But if it feels off, I definitely suggest just waiting until another day or another moon cycle, what have you. Um, if it feels off, it just might not click. Um, if you have a deity or believe that there are creatures near you, such as the Fae or something of that sort, uh, definitely, definitely, definitely put out an offering. Um, if you don't believe in that, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but if you do have a deity or you believe there's something uh, around you, leave out an offering to show that you respect their space because they will probably be aware that you are doing spell work. Um, things like honey and sweets, bread, milk, things like that uh, are always good go-tos. Um, if it is a deity you're leaving an offering to and they have specific guidelines, try to follow those. Um, and I guess I'm going to end this segment up with saying don't try scrying or summoning when you're new to this. Um, they're very heavy uh, spell work, or well, spell work, magic work, I suppose. Um, and they can be extremely draining and they can really open you up to a lot of stuff. You wanna have a little more experience um, knowing how to set protections for yourself and knowing what your abilities are uh, and how draining some of this stuff can be. Uh, so yeah, I think that's all the notes I had. Um, quick thing on my notes, just so you know that we're not perfect if you had any doubts, I misspelled salt. I misspelled the word salt. 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 I, uh, S A T L is how I spelled it. Salt. Saddle. 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 It's a saddle. It's a saddle for those fairies. <laughs> Welcome to our second educational portion of this podcast. I'm Galena. I'm going to be giving you a brief yet broad walkthrough of Wicca. Wicca undoubtedly is one of the more talked about or televised version of witchcraft that you might see. Uh, the reason I've chosen to do it is because I did get my start in Wicca and eventually saw that it just wasn't, it wasn't quite for me. But I do still hold on to some of the tenets and some of the information that I did learn. Now, Wicca is a neo-pagan neo <laughs> witchcraft movement from the first half of the 20th century. 
Uh, it's based upon supposed traditional British pagan beliefs. It was introduced sometime around 1950 to 1955 by Gerald Gardner. Uh, he published several books on the topic, uh, some private, some public. Some are only available to his coven or his secret teachings. Uh, according to most Gardanian practitioners, you must be initiated to use the term Wicca or practice a similar tradition. Gardner referred to the practice as Wicca with one C, and later the more broadly used term Wicca was developed in the 1960s and gained a second C to become Wicca. They sound exactly the same. I, what do you think the purpose of the second C is? I don't know. Um, I think it's just better branding. It's probably better branding and probably kind of a screw you gardener okay, that's type fair. thing because I feel like, and I don't remember if this is accurate or not, that when it became more broadly known, uh, that kind of made Gardner upset. Oh, He didn't really like the idea that people were running with the idea of doing witchcraft. Because you have to understand at that time in the UK... In the 1950s, witchcraft was just then made legal. Before oh, that, right. it was still illegal to practice witchcraft in the UK. So the moment that it was over, suddenly you have all of these, you know, cousins that were probably practicing the whole time popping up and being legal to do so so they could actually talk about it, they could publish books on it. And so there was a lot of contemporaries that were probably a little bit upset about that because Gardner was probably not the only one, or definitely was not the only one practicing or doing this. He was just, you know, got a lot more of the attention at the time. Um, both words, both, uh, both words have their root in Old English, which is a word for which, which I... Am horrible at trying to pronounce. It's something like wiki. Like wiki. Like a wiki. Like a witch wiki. Um, it's spelled W-I-C-C-E. Um, most practitioners of Wicca stick to a binary or duo... Do, do I can't even talk today. A binary or duo... Do, duotheistic practice where they worship both a god and a goddess. Um, the goddess is usually a moon goddess or a fertility goddess and the god is usually the horned god. Uh, more contemporary or eclectic practitioners tend to use a wider pantheon of gods and goddesses to draw from depending on the situation or ritual. Many see the god and or goddess as more of an amalgam of different deities and like I said, a lot of times they just pick and choose or they use whatever would be closer to what they are trying to represent in their spell work. Uh, throughout the year, there are many different sabbats or e-sabbats. Uh, sabbats are holidays of the god and usually follow the cycle of the sun. E-sabbats are holidays of the goddess and usually follow the cycle of the moon. Some more widely known holidays are Samhain or Solemn, which is the same thing as Halloween, or around the same time as Halloween. Yuletide falls around the same time as Christmas. And Beltine is May. Well, May Day. Is it Beltine or Beltane? Beltine, Beltane, it depends where you are, Beltania. what you practice. 
Beltania. Sorry. Beltania. Beltania. We're, we're just making up words now. I'm so um, sorry. Although, as far as May Day is concerned, I really don't know anybody other than pagans who really celebrate May Day anymore. Apparently, it used to be a pretty widely done practice. Um, kids would, you know, run around maypoles with very bright uh, ribbons. It's just a really nice, just a really nice day. Um, I know they still do a uh, sort of ritual or a celebration, kind of like a big festival at um, Big Rocks. Stonehenge? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. The Big Rocks. I you know, the ancient ones. I can't do words today. Where the children of forest well. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, the most iconic symbol of Wicca is, of course, the pentacle. It's a five-corded star, which represents different elements. Um, it represents earth, water, fire, air, and the spirit. The more tangible elements correspond with cardinal directions. Air would be east, fire would be south, water would be west, and earth would be north. Uh, the fifth point of spirit that ties all the others together is you know, usually at the top or centers as the the connection point for all of the elements. Uh, these elements are typically invoked when consecrating a circle or raising energy for magical work. Um, during magical work, uh, morality, as far as a Wiccan standpoint, comes into it. Um, morality usually centers around the Wiccan Rede, which is, and it harm none, do what you will. Which basically means um, don't harm anyone, don't impede anybody's free will, and you know don't really don't really cast something that you wouldn't cast on yourself. Don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. And I I think there's a lot of um, people that practice that don't follow the rule of three, which is fair. Um, it's not everybody's belief. And I wouldn't say that I technically believe in if you do something, it comes directly back to you. And I believe you have information on that in a moment. Um, <laughs> yeah, you skipped ahead of it on me. I'm so sorry. But I, I think it's a good rule of thumb to follow. Um, just because I think everybody should take a minute to think about, am I, am I being a dick right now? <laughs> Is what I'm doing dickish? Do I want other dick things to happen to me? Yeah, or, or do I just want to put all that negative energy out in the world like that, you know? And, um, of course, we don't judge. Everybody's beliefs are valid in their own way. Everybody has their own um, system and, and all that. But, like, I just, just think about it. Just don't, just try not to be a dick. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. And coming to this point, a hotly contested part of Wicca is the threefold law of return. Which means any energy or intent you put out would return to you times three. Some say Gardner never broached this topic. Others say yes, he did. Some say that it's more of a social... It, that when the concept of karma became more widely known in the West, um, that social construct just kind of melded itself into the practice. Um, some say it's more of... If you're in a coven and you do something to piss off your other coven members, that you're going to get that back just to, through their actions and feelings, you know, times however many coven members you have. Very real world application of the 
The rule of three. Yes. Um, most Wiccans and dare I say witches do keep a book of shadows or a grimoire. Lyra actually has been working on her grim for a while and it's actually quite beautiful. She has a lot of hand drawings in it. She doesn't seem to think that it's very pretty, but it is very pretty and it's very personal. I'm no artist. They're awful, but thank you. Uh, but a book of spells or a book of shadows or your grim is typically a cross between a spell book, a study of herbs or herbology, and a journal, basically. Um, for each witch, it'll be different. Um, some people st stick to, you know, a strict outline and have a table of contents and all of that. Um, mine, when I kept one, which I don't, I don't really have one currently, was more of just a journal where if I came up with like a bit of rhyme for a spell, I'd write that down so I wouldn't forget it. Um, a lot of times it's just me writing down the crazy things that happened in my dreams or, you know, just my feelings about a certain, a certain thing. And, you know, I know there's a lot of, um, sort of discourse on how a grimoire is supposed to be referenced because a lot of, um, circles seem to think that they need to be absolutely private. Other people should not see your grimoire. And then there are other people that believe that they should be open. Um, like I know I'm, the way I'm doing mine is kind of like a guidebook. I hope to one day pass it down. So, Mm. Yeah, Lyra's plan is more of to have like a generational grim, and I love that idea that, you know, that descendants who, if they decide to practice the craft, you know, they can add to it, they can see what she's done, and you know, and then there'll be a, a lot of information for them, because for us, our paternal grandmother was what, as we'd referenced in the first episode, was a mountain witch. And we don't have any of her resources left because we live, our, we have a very strong Christian background. So a lot of her stuff either wasn't told, wasn't... It just wasn't preserved or handed down at all. Yeah, she passed away before we were born. And the kind of, the kind of magic that goes along with mountain magic or folk magic and stuff like that is, it's usually uh, oratory traditions, you know, like mm -hmm. it, it's passed down through generations that way. So it, there's no telling what um, we've lost from that, you know. Which basically was everything. Yeah. Our, um, all of our knowledge comes from independent research, uh, mostly online through books, because we, we don't have uh, that, re that source, that reference to start from. So... That brings me to my next point. If anything that I've said through here you feel is incorrect, please feel free to, um, or sorry, anything that I've said is incorrect, please feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we are on Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitter. You can look us up at Witch Witch Podcast on most of those platforms except for Twitter. On Twitter, we are at Witch Witch Pod because Twitter just really wants us to stay within a certain amount of characters for everything. It's awful. It's very restrictive. If you have a certain sect of magic you want to hear about, or something that you just want us to discuss, be it spell work, be it, um, you know, how to pick a wand, how to, you know, pick your athame, anything you want to, you want to talk about like that, 
uh, just drop us a line or if you want to do a guest speaker portion you want to send us something or if you want to dial, there's an option that you can kind of dial in with the app we use um, we'd be more than happy to hear from you absolutely and if you have any um, of your own personal experiences be it with spirits or uh, spell work or anything like that we would love to hear it we'd love to share it if you would allow us because honestly what we're looking to do is to build a friendly community and you know reach out to other witches we really want to be an interactive experience um we don't expect to get any sort of fame from this we just want to build a strong community and we want to share this information because as we said the that sort of generational start that we would have had we lost and i know that's true for a lot of us because uh witchcraft has so many different negative um, connotations yeah we're so disenfranchised and uh split up there's there's just not you just sort of have to build your own community you have, yeah you have to build your own community you have to pull from a lot of sources which a lot of times are inaccurate mm -hmm. or i don't want to say not real but not applicable yeah there's a, there's definitely a lot of witchcraft out there that is someone's own personal beliefs that they are putting out there like law which is fine that uh, it, as a personal practice that is valid um but it's not I, I just feel like they they try to paint everybody with their own experiences oftentimes and uh, we're looking to bring a very general uh look at uh, different types of witchcraft so people can decide what they want to look more into or uh, like we said build a community for us all to draw from uh, we can share knowledge and experiences and stories and hopefully laughs that brings us to the end of this segment it's a rather somber end wasn't it <laughs> it was thank you for listening and stay tuned we have more to come Yep, it's a ghost story. It's very exciting. Welcome to the spooky portion of this broadcast. I am Galena, and I will be telling you about a ghost story that actually happened to me. It's a really scary one. It terrifies me to this day. Um, and the space we're in right now really creeps me out. So if you can hear fear over a podcast, you're gonna. It was about 2005. Um, my good high school friend and I went to college in the same town and we decided to get an apartment together and we found a pretty great apartment in a, you know, not horrible part of the town and the price was really reasonable. It was only about $400 and we were just really excited that we could afford a place on our own on the part-time jobs that we had. So we moved in, and weird things started happening about two weeks in. Now, before that, my animals and hers, because she had a dog, I had a dog, and I had a cat. They would all stare out into the distance or stare at the ceiling and just, you know, do creepy animal things that you just want to say, hey, quit it. <laughs> um, but, you know, that happened, and that's normal cats, dogs, everything does it. They just stare at things that you can't, you can't see. It's terrible. 
Um, but about two weeks into living there, I came home from work to my roommate sitting on the couch, wrapped in a towel, and drinking whiskey straight from the bottle. Always a good sign. And I, you know, was like, well, looks like you had a rough day. And she's like, what time did you get off work? I was like, about 30 minutes ago. I had to drive here from the mall. And she was like, no, seriously, what time did you get off work? What time did you get here? And what time did you leave and come back in to mess with me? I was like, no, seriously, I just got off work, Bethany. What's going on? She's like, well, I took a shower. And I was shower- while I was showering, uh, something hit the curtain, and I thought that your damn cat had opened the bathroom door again, but I thought I had locked it because he had done that to me several times. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Hades sometimes does that. She's like, so I decided just to keep showering. And a few minutes later, something touched the shower curtain, but at my shoulder level. And she's like, and I thought, well, maybe the cat jumped. And hit the shower curtain. And the next time, it was the shape and feeling of a human hand pushing the shower curtain and basically stroking her on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Which scared the bejesus out of her. And I don't blame her because I probably would have fallen out of the shower trying to get out if I thought I was all alone in the apartment and something touched me. Like, anywhere. Like, I wouldn't even have to be in the shower. No, anywhere. Uh, so she gets out of the bathtub, you know, wraps a towel around her, and sees that, you know, there's absolutely nothing in the bathroom with her. The door is still closed. Uh, she goes to the door, and the door is still, in fact, locked. And she gets, you know, really freaked out. She doesn't go to her bedroom anywhere. She just goes directly to the living room, picks up the bottle of Jack Daniels that was sitting in the middle of the table, and just started drinking, which I don't blame her. I probably would have had a very similar reaction to that. Yeah, like, it's probably not the best reaction, but it's definitely understandable. So, initially, I didn't really believe her that she had a paranormal experience. I thought that, you know, maybe the landlord had come in. And was messing with her. I didn't think about the whole fact that you could only lock the bathroom door from the inside. But you'll do anything to convince yourself yeah. something weird is not happening in the space you live in. Yeah. So like I just didn't want to. I didn't want to believe it. Meanwhile, during all of this, we have neighbors who live upstairs who keep fighting and screaming. Like it was domestic violence level every night. And it got to the point that we called the cops so many times that they just stopped responding. And they stopped showing up. They stopped going upstairs to break up the fight. And it was getting really frustrating because it was every night we would hear just yelling, screaming, furniture getting thrown. It sounded like the guy was just, you know, throwing his girlfriend or wife up against the wall. And it was just terrible. We ended up playing music so loudly. And the only thing that really seemed to shut them up or drown them out was like old country songs. And my roommate Bethany and I, neither one of us are country fans. Like at all. But it seemed to really shut them up. So, you know, every night we would, uh, we'd play, <laughs> we'd play these ridiculous old country songs just to, you know, get the, get the neighbors upstairs to shut up or maybe shame them into going to bed. Well, it, my cat Hades, who was an awesome cat, but also a, a little shit, as you can tell, he could open bathroom doors and... <laughs> was just, you know, a terrible cat, like most cats. Most cats are terrible cats. Um, 
he would get out and luckily it was um you know your your door open to the hallway so he couldn't just get outside but he'd get out of the apartment and then I'd have to chase him upstairs and grab him and almost every time I'd catch him I'd be like Hades come on we don't want to get beat up by these hillbillies <laughs> like this redneck is absolutely going to kill me and like make shoes out of you and, you know and he just meow at me like you're crazy there's something up here. I'm like, you're crazy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Whoever talks to their cat and their cat tells them they're crazy, that's probably somebody you don't want to talk to. It's a sign. <laughs> it's a sign. Uh, so, like, I'd take him back down to my apartment. Well, one night he got out and he ran up the stairs, you know, and I'm cursing and running after him. And I get up to the second floor and the upstairs neighbor's apartment door is, like, cracked open. I'm like, oh, my God, he went in. And I really didn't want to just go into somebody's apartment, so I knocked on the door. And, you know, the door opened a little bit more. And it was dark in there. I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to stumble around in their apartment in the black and, like, try to get my cat out. Because God knows where he is. He's probably up under their furniture. So I flicked the light on, and there's nothing in the apartment. I'm like, oh, okay. They must have moved out. Uh, there's, like... I think there was, like, a stepped ladder and maybe, like, one of those big five-gallon buckets of white paint because maintenance, I guess, had started already painting on it, which was weird because, you know, they were just there the night before. So, I grabbed my cat and go back downstairs and, you know, bitching him out, telling him, you know, you can't just go in people's apartments. So, I go back in and try to go to sleep. The next morning, I take my dog out to walk her and the girls from across the hall, I ran into them. They had a they had a boxer, and you know we we just kind of talked. And I was and I was like, so when did the when did the the loud people upstairs move out? And she's like, what people upstairs? And I was like, you know the the two that fight every single night, and like I've called the cops on them. I know at least four or five times in the last two weeks. And she goes, yeah. Um, where are the only two apartments that are occupied in the building right now? The two upstairs apartments are empty. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, it's empty now because they moved out. And she's like, no, I mean, for the last three months, we've been the only people in here and you guys moved in last month. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so, of course, you know, I think she's messing with me at first. But, like, that sheer moment of terror when I get back in my apartment... And I'm like, you know, no, she's just messing with me. So that night, we go to bed, and the fighting starts up again, knowing that that apartment is absolutely empty. Ugh. There's no one that lives up there. There's no furniture up there. There's like a stepladder and a five-gallon bucket of paint. How is there like something scraping across the wooden floor? How is there anything that's being thrown? There's nobody up there. And you can still hear people screaming and stomping and, like, them hitting the walls. And it just, it sounds like, like, shit is just being thrown around up there. So, like, I basically laid in bed, almost crying, <laughs> just hoping for dawn to come. Because I didn't want to go out in the hallway. <laughs> um, so, the next morning, I told my roommate, I was like, listen, Bethany, I, I can't live here anymore. This place is haunted as hell. And she's like, yeah, but I mean, we've got, <laughs> we've got a lease. I'm like, 
You can sublet it. She's that that person in the like the ghost story reenactment shows. She is the white girl that goes up the stairs <laughs> and gets murdered. Yeah. But yeah, no, she's that one. She's like, well, you know, we paid for this and we're going to stay. This is our place. This place does not belong to the spirit. I don't think banging on the couch is great folding work. So maybe let's not do that. Um, But, you know, she's she's all about, you know, I'm just going to stay. Eventually, like she did have her boyfriend move in and then they picked up another roommate for the spare room. And I don't know what he did to the place. Um... I don't know, you know, what kind of holy or religious figure he had come in. Because he was very religious. Um, They came in and they didn't seem to have any problems for a couple years. Um, But uh, Bethany and I were at a party a couple years later after she had moved out. And after I had moved out. And... We were talking about our experience. Like, we got, you know, we got tipsy and we were talking about our experience about how, like, it sounded like somebody was being beaten up there. And uh, this guy at the party was like, well, where, where was it? And so we explained to it where it was across, because it was across the street from a school. And he's like, oh, my God, no. Like, my, my uncle was a cop back in the 70s. Two women were murdered in that apartment. And we were both like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, no, two women were murdered up in that apartment. It was pretty gruesome, apparently. And I was like, oh, my God. Uh, Bethany turned white. She does. She still will not talk about it being haunted. She's not, she's not like, a believer, but I, I don't think she can deny that something weird happened about and her. considering the people who moved in up there had to play music super loud 24 hours a day, there's definitely something still up there. I will not go back in that building. I, I wouldn't either. I never had any experiences there. I was only there like twice, but it was terrifying the entire time. It was pretty horrific. I hated living there. Um, the whole place was just, it was such a heavy and cold feeling. There was. There was a lot of it. Um, I hated sleeping in my bedroom. It just felt like somebody was watching you the entire time. Yeah, like, I think the one of the nights that I stayed, um, we stayed out on the couch because your bedroom was so, so much worse. Yeah. Um, Lyra was, like, maybe 13 or 14, and we just pulled out the hideaway bed in the couch and just stayed out there because it was so terrible. It was just the worst. I, I literally, I, once again, only twice. I was only there twice. But uh, I stayed up all night both times. Um, I know one time that I ended up watching a bunch of stuff about the Olympics and an interview with Elijah Wood. (laughs) Which is so odd. He is not athletic. I don't know if it was related to the Olympics or if it was just on the same channel. (laughs) I don't know. I know I watched a few horror movies there and that was just stupid. Oh yeah, I would not do that. Um, All in all, I only lived there like a month, maybe a month and a half because I just couldn't take it. And you know they they were the uh, renovated is the word they renovated that place. I know it looks really great on the outside. Apparently nice. now they're charging like fifteen hundred dollars a month for that place. It's wild. That's wild. I mean, it has been like thirteen years ago. <laughs> Holy crap! It was like thirteen years ago. Yeah, that was a bit. Of um, time. But I mean, it's just it it blows my mind that they're still renting that place out to people and that people are just you know living there. Dealing with it. Mm-mm. Um, 
it just it it was a very scary time in my life because I it just it terrified me like I've had some weird experiences before that like in the house we grew up in there were there are a lot of experience we've had a lot of experience you know but that's the ghost you know yeah that's the thing that's that's my whole thing about moving um, because, you know, uh, me and, and my husband have lived, um, in a couple different places now, but every time I'm always, I'm always worried about moving into a new place because, you know, at home, that's the only house I ever lived in before moving out. Um, and I don't know what's going to be in the next place we go to because everywhere around here is so old. <laughs> There's a good chance that somebody died in your house when you move into it. Yeah, like. There's hardly any new construction in the area. I mean, everything's just so old. But is there any anything else to wrap up the story? Um, in closing, no. I mean, the the building's still there. Um, as far as I know, it's still very much haunted. Um, but that does bring an end to my scary story. I don't know if I was able to convey a sense of dread or terror yeah, like, through the story. I kind of wonder if you have to have been in that apartment building <laughs> to to get how deeply terrifying it was. Um, but it it was it was a very chilling thing. And to me that was one of probably the more scary experiences I've ever had. Um, but what I would like is for anybody out there listening to share what their scariest experience has been with a ghost or with, you know, any, just any kind of paranormal experience you've had, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter at witchwitchpod mm-hmm. or on Tumblr or on Instagram at witchwitchpodcast. Uh, our email is also witchwitchpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to hear, send us a voice clip and you're okay with it, we might even feature your ghost story on the show. Featuring your voice. Wouldn't that be special? And then we would own your voice. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, real quick before we wrap up completely, um, I know for a fact that through the course of this episode, I've said um about six million times. Enough times that I just, it should be gone. There should be no more um in my body. And I want to apologize. Um, honest to God, we would re-record, but we've already done it. Uh, earlier, we recorded this episode, and there was something wrong with the sound, uh, and it just, it was very muffled, and you could hardly hear anything. So we had to re-record. It is 1.03 a.m. Yeah, <laughs> I have to be at work tomorrow. You sure do. So... Uh, We're not going to re-record this episode. We're going to post it as is. Um, We promise we will work on this and get better. um, I've taken a single speech class my entire life, so maybe I'll look up some tutorials. (laughs) I don't think that's necessary. We'll get better as we go along. Um, But we just want to close this up, and thank you for joining us in our spooky time. Uh, and try not to think about the things that are looking inside your window from the outside. Oh no, that specifically freaks me out. I know. (laughs) And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Stay spooky.